You're listening to Irish Radio Canada at home and abroad and uh, one of the interesting aspects coming up around this time there's been kind of 10 years of commemorations from 1912 to 2022 and in the middle of all that was 1916 and now coming up some celebrations and commemorations relative to the Civil War and I came across Larkin Collins and Larkin is an author and provides 1916 tours around Dublin. Larkin, first of all, thanks a million for coming along and having a chat. Delighted to uh, chat with you, Austin. Thanks for having me on. A little bit about yourself, Larkin, and your background. Well, I started the 1916 walking tour in 1996. Uh, it was the second walking tour in Dublin at the time. Now there are heaps of walking tours. Um, it's grown from strength to strength. I've written a few books on the revolutionary period. So it's a great job to um, enable me to talk about my most favorite subjects and to meet new people on a daily basis. And it also affords me the luxury of uh, time to write about um, this incredible uh, subject, Irish revolutionary history, which, as you say, is uh, really being celebrated now because it's 10 years, or sorry, it's 100 years, and uh, we are celebrating something or commemorating it uh, pretty much every year now since, as you say, since uh, uh, 2013, right up to 2023 as well. So, Larkin, what piqued your interest or what was it that grabbed you about Irish history that got you so enthusiastic? Well, I suppose if I look back, fascinated by the revolutionaries, we had uh, some familial involvement in that way. And, you know, you're raised on the songs and uh, the stories as well from the revolutionary period. And I kind of felt that there was nothing in Dublin besides the National Museum that dealt with our revolutionary past. Now, in all honesty, uh, the initial reaction from people was one of horror that I was going to attempt to educate people on this specific subject. In fact, some quarters were going, oh, no. That's the Ireland we want to move away from. So I knew that there was a, a tremendous amount of interest out there in our revolutionary past and that the worst thing you can do is that Irish thing, cover it up. Um, so I knew that it would be a niche subject for people uh, uh, who had a very specific interest. And I knew we weren't going to be the biggest tour in Dublin. But by all accounts, We've, we've um, a great uh, uh, tour and our TripAdvisor reviews are very wonderful as well. It's not for everybody, Austin. Mm-hmm. It's for people who have a very sort of a, a, a specific desire to increase their knowledge on a revolutionary path. Well, I, I remember a few years back, Larkin, I was in Athlone and I attended a conference on the Civil War at Custom Barracks. And Paddy yeah. Cooney and... John Bruton, both were in attendance, and I talked to both of them, and I put it to them, what was it about being able to have a conference, or having a conference on the Irish Civil War at that time? And both of them referred to the fact that it now was probably okay to start talking about it because there were most of the people involved were dead. So consequently, the pain and the suffering that was around it within families and within society was a little bit more distant. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, myself and Bruton would be diametrically opposed politically anyway at, at the best of times, but there, there, there is um, a sense, I suppose, now that we can discuss the civil war from afar and, uh, you know, be a bit more reasonable about it. However, as I'm researching and writing on that particular period at the moment, because now I've kind of moved on from uh, my latest book, which is on the War of Independence, from 1919 to 21, it's really a horrific uh, period, 22, 23, uh, with, you know, 77 executions officially carried out by the free state against Republicans and 150, you might say, state-sanctioned extrajudicial killings that were also carried out. So it's a very difficult period uh, to deal with. And it's hard to kind of remain, remain on the fence as well often because, you know, politically I would have always been uh, attracted to the anti-treaty side in the Civil War. However, I have great admiration for Michael Collins and uh, Arthur Griffith as well. I, I think that's um, sort of on my mind a lot these days is how little amount of time we had to negotiate our um, extrication from the British Empire. We had from October to December 1921, essentially two months. So it was an incredible, uh, an incredibly short amount of time. And if you look at the British at the moment, they've taken three and a half years to try and extricate themselves from the European Union, and they haven't gotten anywhere. I think if we had had three and a half years uh, to negotiate years ago, we would have got a 32-county Irish Republic and they would have thrown India and uh, Australia in as a bonus for us as well, you know. <laughs> so the, the pressure on those people at the time must have been intense. Um, and and it, it's, you know, it, it, it's easy to say, well, the free state were wrong. But so, sometimes I often say my heart is with the anti-treaty and my head is with the free state. Do you follow me? Yes, I could, 100%. Because, again, yeah. I, you know, as you point, rightly point out, we're in a time where... Uh, in effect, what was happening then is a bit like what's happening now with the UK. And if you consider, yeah. as I always kind of looked on it, was, well, the Irish border was the backstop then, and it was the backstop yeah. now, which was interesting yeah. that it reared its head again 100 years on. Yeah, well, you know, sadly, the, the British Empire often left division in its wake, and Ireland is no exception in, uh, to that rule. Uh, India and Pakistan is, a, is another example, and Israel and Palestine a further example as well. But um, the Chinese have a wonderful phrase to describe all the treaties that they signed with the British after the Opium Wars. They call them the unfair treaties because uh, China gave everything and Britain gave nothing. You know, uh, I, I feel that um, it's almost uh, wonderful to be alive at this time and see you know, the, the the effects that that treaty had on us even 100 years later and how it's in some ways undoing the British attempts to um, to leave Europe cleanly, if you will. My own personal opinion is there should be no border on this island. Uh, we've, we've managed without it for so long. If there's a border anywhere, it should be on the Irish Sea. Mm-hmm. But we'll see, how, we'll see how that goes, you know. Okay, so Larkin, let's... <laughs> Let's switch back and um, talk about your books first of all. You have the 1916 yeah. book. Uh, give us a little bit of a, a, what, what's between the covers. The, the first book I wrote uh, about 20 years ago with my good friend Connor Costick. Now, Connor used to uh, do the tours with me in the early days. 
we were a bit of a, a partnership and uh, we just um, pieced together the, the story as a short read for people and actually curiously enough that's only about 120 pages it's actually one of the most popular of any of our books we've sold I think somewhere near 50,000 of them at this stage since since, since we uh, published it with O'Brien Press. Now, um, we didn't have access to the wonderful information that's available today. Your, your listeners may be familiar with the fact that the Irish government have now released online all the witness statements and many of the pension records from the revolutionary period. So... What we thought we knew is it now has to be rewritten, you might say, because there's so much new information out there to be plundered for uh, for uh, the purposes of um, research and uh, writing as well. So the, you know, I, I love that little book because you know it's your it's your first book. So I mean I'm mad about it, but um, there's so much more information now that we have, and that's why um, I, I, I'm happy to say. The latest book is really concentrating on on the witness statements that were available to us now these days. You know, right now, the um, when someone joins you on a tour, where are you taking them around Dublin? Well, we meet in uh, the famous international bar on Wicklow Street. That's famous for comedy. They have comedy on seven nights a week and have so for tourists. We have a little room down there which is full of photographs from all the revolutionaries. Uh, all around the walls, and it's very, it, it, it's a lovely scene. It's a great place to start the tour. Um, we we do a little introduction for 10 or 15 minutes, and then we go out on the street. So we'd head down towards Trinity College, the old parliament, you know, the Bank of Ireland. Uh-huh. Then we head down towards Pierce Street. Sometimes we go to Patrick Pierce's birthplace, number 27, Pierce Street. And then we might loop around to... Uh, Rosie Hackett Bridge. Rosie is, of course, the young revolutionary who was a member of the Irish Citizen Army and who fought in 1916, a great Union woman. And then we go down to Liberty Hall where James Connolly's um, statue is and we'll talk about labour and the, the, the fight for workers' rights. Then we'll head up Abbey Street to the General Post Office. And around about then, we, we take a little detour down to Moor Street, where we've had a battle for a long time to save it from the wrecking ball of a big developer who wanted to um, knock down all the wonderful buildings and build another mall, you know, like Dublin needs another mall. So um, it's great for people to see that area because that's where the surrender happened in 1916. Yeah, and that, of course, down on, isn't that where the O'Reilly was shot? Well, of course, that's the most beautiful part of the story in many ways. Beautiful and horrific at the same time. As O'Reilly, a great Kerry man from Bally Longford, led 30 men charging down the street. And, of course, uh, their objective was to break through the British cordons and get to Williams and Woods Jam Factory. But uh, the British machine gunner did what he had to do, I suppose, and he turned on them and riddled them to bits. And O'Reilly was shot down and beside him, Another Kerry man called Patrick Shortis was also killed, and a number of other lads. But O'Reilly wrote this beautiful note to his wife where he says, Darling Nancy, I've just been shot leading a rush up Moor Street. I took refuge in a doorway. While I was there, I heard the men pointing out where I was, so I made a bolt for the lane I am in now. 
I got more than one bullet, I think. Tons and tons of love, Geary, to you and to Nell and to the boys and to Hannah. And he finished off with this lovely line. He says, it was a good fight anyhow. Lovingly yours, O'Rahilly. And it was a decent British Army sergeant by the name of Clark who ordered two of his men to deliver that note to uh, Nancy O'Rahilly, who was an American, as a matter of fact. And uh, she published it in the newspapers following the uprising. And people hang on to that one lovely line, it was a good fight anyhow, because you don't have to be the victor to be the winner. Sometimes merely taking part in the event is the victory in its own way. So then, Lorcan, if somebody is coming over to Ireland and they want to join you on one of your tours, uh, how would they get in touch with you and what are the logistics, etc.? Well, it's very straightforward. The world we live in now is great because you can book online from Canada on our website, which is 1916, just the numbers, you know, 1916rising.com. And you can buy a ticket online there and, it, you know, you get your it emails the, the ticket to you. And um, it's it's a daily tour. We take it easy in the winter, to be honest with you, Austin. You know, we take some time off around uh, December and January. But for the rest of the year, it's pretty much daily. The schedule is up on the Internet there so people can have a little look, you know. Uh, that's usually the easiest way. Uh, how many people might you get on average? What kind of response do you get from them? Some days, Austin, you might have as as few as eight to ten people, and other days you might have you know a nice number like twenty or twenty five. We're rarely booked out, you know, rarely, uh, because it's such a niche subject and it's a little bit cerebral as well. People need to bring their thinking hat with them on the tour, but it's good fun as well. You know, we have plenty of. Uh, of crack as well, you know, we have we have a, a good laugh with people. And the more, the merrier, really. And we have loud voices. You'll hear us, you could nearly hear us over there in Canada if you sure. tuned in. <laughs> and if, um, how much time would somebody allocate if they're joining you? Well, it's a two-hour tour, okay? okay? And, you know, we never finish bang on. Like, say we start at 11.30, we don't go, okay, it's 1.30, we're finished. So sometimes it might go on a little bit longer. It's great to mix this in with something like Kilmainham Jail as well. Don't go to the jail until you've come on our tour, and you'll get a lot more out of the jail when you visit there. I had the opportunity of going to Kilmainham Gardens and Hospital on my last visit, and I just couldn't get into Kilmainham yeah. Jail on that one. That and Collins yeah. Barracks, I also managed to, to get to visit. A tremendous, oh, there's tremendous resources available for anyone who wants to go around Dublin and visit some of the history spots. Um, so we gave them the website. You're out there on Twitter? Yeah. We are, I have a Twitter there. It's called... Um 1916 walking tour. I love Twitter actually. I, I enjoy the fact that you can make contact with uh, politicians through Twitter if you want. You know, you can you can get an instant uh, reaction. I love I love Twitter as a medium. Fantastic. Uh, well, Larkin, we're going to wrap up here. It's been great chatting with you, and I look forward at some stage to uh, going on a walk around the historic parts of central Dublin with you and learning more about the 1916 Rising and the people involved. Lovely. Look forward to meeting you, Austin, and all your listeners as well. Thanks very much for having me on.